the Spirit, and he says he is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see or know him. That's the key point, is know him. There's so many people in the world today that profess to be a Christian, but they have no relationship with God. They, they have a mind knowledge, but they don't have a heart relationship. And God calls for a heart relationship. He calls for us to commune with us. He is not a God that is so many miles away that he cannot be touched. But he wants you to commune with him. His word says, come, let us reason together. Let us talk. So many times I hear people say, you shouldn't question God. I'm going to show you in just a moment that there's people in the Bible that question God. God's big enough for your questions. He's big enough. So, he said he is the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, didn't receive, but to to know him. But he tells his disciples, you do know him because he remains with you and he will be in you. So not only, like I said, is the protection of God around you, but the protection of God is in you. He's given you his Holy Spirit. I'm moving on. He's also our bulwark. Psalms 18, 2 says, The Lord, Jehovah, is my rock and my bulwark and my deliverer. My God is my rock. I trust in him. My shield, a horn of salvation, my high tower. If I can take a moment just to break down this scripture for a moment. There's so many things in here that talks about God in our lives. The one is the psalmist says that he is a rock. The word rock here has reference to the fact that in time of danger, a lofty rock would be thought as a place of safety. You ever been to a place like a cliff and you would see those rocks that are just kind of like hanging there? And if you can just go underneath of them, if it's raining, if whatever it is going on outside, that you can go there and claim safety. You can claim protection from that rock. And this is what the psalmist is saying that God is to us. He is this rock that we can go to and hide under. But not only is he a rock that we can go and hide under, but he is a rock that you can stand upon. Even upon when everything else in your life seems to be shaking and seems to be unbalanced, he is a firm foundation that you can rest upon and take safety in. That when this world's telling you that there's no absolute truth, that everything is by reason or rationality, I'm here to tell you this morning that the word of God stands above all human reasoning. His wisdom is none like any human's on this earth. He is all wisdom. He is all knowledge. And he gives the pieces of his wisdom and knowledge to those that he trusts. And that's you. Those that are obedient to his word. Going on, the psalmist writes and says that he has been a fortress to me. The word fortress means a place of defense. A place so straightened that an, that an enemy could not approach it, or where one would be safe. Such fortresses were often constructed on the rocks of a hill where those who fled there would be doubly safe. In this scripture, he says, my God, that's self-explanatory. 
He's been a God. He's been more than a protector. He's been my deliverer. He's been my friend. He's been my redeemer. It surpasses all your mind and understanding of of what a God is. And in this time, Israel, they have all kinds of false gods. And David's saying, you are way beyond any God that humanity could ever conjure up. You are more than that to me. In that verse, he also says, you're my strength. Strength interpreted here means refuge or protection as a rock or again a cliff that one can go to in time of danger. He says, in whom I trust, that is, I have found him to be such a refuge that I could trust in him. And in view of the past, in the view of the past of my life, I can look back over my life and saw the protection in the hand of God on my life. And he says, because of that, I will confide in him always. Take a look back over your life. Some of you might say, well, I haven't seen God's protection. I bet if you look hard enough, you'll see it. I remember there was a woman on TV. This is when I was in high school. And I don't even, I know the last time I preached, I spoke of Oprah. And this time I'm speaking of Oprah. But she came to Blair High School. I know. She came to Blair High School. And it wasn't anything she said that I remembered. It was actually a woman in the audience. And they was talking about all the devastation in the world and all the poverty and everything. And this woman stood up and she said, you know, you make your own heaven or you make your own hell. And she says, don't wallow around in your own self-pity. And I remember that at a very, very young age. And this is what I got out of that. What are you looking for in this world? If you're looking for all the disaster, all the harm, all the evil, you're going to find it. But if you're looking for the grace and the mercy and the compassion of God, you're going to find that too. And I I remember, I just remember that so vividly that when she said that, I thought, wow, it kind of is that that in your life, what are you looking for? What are you watching I don't even want to watch the news because of all that they glamour up. It's, it's all violence and killing and shooting and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to watch all this. My God's bigger than all this. Yes, this happens. I'm not denying it. But God's bigger than this. So moving on, he also says, again, a buckler. A buckler is a shield. And a buckler in the time of the biblical times is believed to be about four feet long. And it's made of wood. It was overlaid with leather, and it was also covered in, like, brass coverings. And that was for if any time that they would shoot darts at you, the brass covering on it would ricochet. The darts would ricochet off. But the amazing thing, like I said about this, is it is believed to be about four feet in height. Now, I'm six feet. So that covers a lot of me. And I'm big. But the thing is, is it's saying here, the psalmist is saying... This is what God is to me. He's my buckler. He covers me. He shields me. He's my strong tower. He's my fortress. He's everything that I need in life that I can run into and be safe. He goes on and talks and he's the horn of my salvation. The horn of an animal is for what? Why does animals have horns? For protection. This is exactly what the psalmist is saying here. God is the horn of my salvation. He is my protection. He wards off 
any enemy that tries to come close to me. I'm continuing on for time. He's my high tower. Already described what a high tower is. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous can run into and be safe. You have safety in this world. You don't have to feel like that you're at your wit's end. You don't know which way you're going to go. You don't know the direction in your life. God says, you come to me because you can take refuge and safety in me. And I will be your protection. I will give you safety. We see in 2 Psalms 22 and verse 3, it says, this God is my strong place of valor. I I, I want this translation. It's a Young's literal translation, but look at what it says. It says, the God is my strong place of valor. This is what valor means. Strength of mind or spirit that enables a person to encounter danger with firmness. To encounter danger with firmness. And it means personal bravery. And it goes on and says, he has made my life blameless. So these are the scriptures that talks about the protection of God. Now to switch the subject. What happens in my life when I get a disease? What happens in my life when my child is killed or murdered? Where's the protection of God in all this? Where was his hand? Couldn't he stop it? Why did he allow it? Let me just tell you this. If you're writing anything down this morning, write this down. There's three things in life that every human needs. Love. Significance. You want to feel important. You want to feel like you belong. And the third is security, protection. Every one of you in here desires those three things. Love, significance, and protection. When we don't have these in our lives, we can become to lack any of these in our lives, and we become angry. We begin to place blame on other people, become critical. Or even worse, we begin to make destructive choices in our lives to fill any of these gaps in our lives. Such destructive choices could be drugs, sex, Cheating, backbiting your brothers or sisters in the church, complaining of others. Because see, when you complain of someone else and you're being critical, what does that do for you? It raises you up. It makes you think that you're all that. Because if I did it better, I could do it a lot better than these people. Look at the faults that they have. And as you're putting someone else down, it's falsely that you are beginning to feel significant. You're beginning to feel like you have an importance Or you're beginning to feel like that your thoughts and your intentions, and if your ways were better, then you would be able to do it a lot better than this person is doing it. And eventually what happens, we even blame God for allowing such pain to come into our lives. Do you know the Bible tells us in Revelation, Jesus says to return back to your first love? He's your love. Do you also know that in Jeremiah 29, he says, I know the plans for you the desires I have for you, plans not to harm you. Do you know that it talks about that God says you're significant, that you're important to him? And I've already talked to you of the protection of God. 
He is your security. Do you see that in God is everything, all three of these needs? He created you. He knows what you have need of. And he has supplied you with every one of them. He loves you before you even loved him. See, what the problem is, we approach God as we approach each other. We approach God with all of our baggage and all of our hurt and pain from past relationships, from people that's used us, from people that's abused us, and we approach God with these stipulations. God, I'll serve you as long as you're always there, always love me, and always that you don't hurt me. But as soon as a little trial comes into our life or a little circumstance, then who's the first one that we blame? God. I've heard so many times in my life and with counseling with different people, and the one thing that they ask me is, why does bad things happen to good people? Number one question. I hardly am seldom asked, why does God allow good things to happen to bad people? What are you talking about? We have this mindset in this society that we live in. We always have to blame somebody. Watch the news. Always somebody's to blame. No matter what it is, somebody's to blame. Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. He's talking here. And he says, How long, O Lord, am I cry for help? But you will not listen. I cry out to you. There's violence. You will not come to the rescue. Why do you make me see wrongdoing? And why do you match wickedness, watch wickedness? Destruction and violence are in front of me. Quarrels and disputes arise. That is why your teaching is numbed. Habakkuk is saying, God, you want to know why people's not listening to you? You want to know why your teaching is numb and people's not serving you? He's saying it right here. He's crying out to God. You're allowing all this wickedness around me. And he says, that is why your teaching is numbed and justice is never carried out. Wicked people surround righteous people so that when justice is carried out, it's perverted. He says, even justice, when it's, per- when it's carried out, it's even perverted. Listen to the answer God gives. And this is why all these things happen in life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're waiting for me to give a definite answer, uh, you're not going to get one. It's the word of God. And listen to what God replies to him. Habakkuk 2 and verses 2 through 3. He said, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. I would encourage you to read. Habakkuk, there's only three chapters. It's one through three. And in it, it talks of this. And this is even after God says, I'm going to do more. I'm going to bring destruction on Israel. I've had it with them. And he says, I'm seeing all this stuff around me. But in this scripture, he says, he answers Habakkuk and he says, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, here it is. But at the end, it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, Habakkuk, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. What is he saying to him? He said, at the end, 
all this injustice that you see, all this grief and calamity and all this pain and all this hurt and all these wicked people that's doing things to the innocent, you just wait because they will not go unjudged. There is coming an appointed time. I will vindicate my people. I will rise up and I myself the Lord is saying, will be vindicated. I will answer. I will have an answer for all the problems that is facing in this world and why I have allowed them to take place. And did this answer please Habakkuk? The last chapter, here's what he said. Though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, Though the apples are worm-eaten and the wheat fields stunned, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty, I am singing joyfully praise to God. I am turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. Why, Habakkuk? Why are you doing this? Because I am counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I am king of the mountains because I am taking faith and courage in my buckler, in my bulwark, in my protection that I might not understand it. I don't understand why all these things is happening, but I take hope and courage and faith knowing that I serve a just God and his ways are perfect and his heart for me is unending and he has the right purpose and plans for my life. He loves me. I am significant to him and he protects me. He's telling us to take faith. It will all come at the end. It will all come at the end. Faith is what makes Christianity. Because I know I've heard, I've heard great scholars try to explain it. Do you understand that God gives you the faith to trust him and believe him? To me, faith is it's a mystery. I, I sometimes don't understand it. But God tells us to have faith in him. I have to end, but I want to say, I want to end with this. When I said earlier that why does good things happen to bad people, Matthew says, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and he makes the sun to rise on the good. When you stop to think, why does bad things happen to good people? You've got to ask yourself, why does good things happen to bad people? I want to end with this scripture. Psalms 91, 1 through 16. Quickly. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor of protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, and thousands to ten thousands are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. 
If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near to you. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. What it comes down to is in the end, every knee shall bow to Jesus Christ. Every knee will confess that he is the Lord God Almighty. What it comes down to, my friends, is this. We have to have faith in his protection. Even when we're living in this world of evil, suffering, and pain, God knows. The word says that we have not a high priest that has not been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what you're going through. And he's there with you through it all. As we stand this morning, I'm going to ask as we play this song, if you have a need in your life, if you have just something you've been through in your life, you're like, I I just, I don't know if I've seen the protection of God in my life. Or maybe you haven't come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord or Savior. I'm extending the offering, the offer to this morning and just say, come, be protected in the arms of the loving God. Let his arms surround you. Let him show you the significance that he has for you in your life and the love that he has. And ultimately, he wants to protect you. So let's stand this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word, God, that we can take courage, God, in you and to trust that you are our shield, you're our fortress, God, And that you do protect us and we can hide behind your protecting arm, God. Lord, I'm praying for everyone here that has suffered, God. That has felt abandonment. That has felt shame. That has felt that their life had no meaning. And had no purpose. I ask God for all those that were used and abused by wicked people. God, that you would vindicate them. That your love would cover them, God. And God, help them see themselves the way that you created them, God. That they are priceless to you. There is not another. There will never be. But you only created one, God. For you matter to God and you matter to this church. Heavenly Father, that your love and peace that passes all understanding, God, would cover this place this morning, God. I pray that as you stir upon people's hearts, God, that you begin to cover them with your love, that you begin to cover them, Lord God, with your importance, that they matter to you, that their life isn't just some some trash, God, and that you would protect them from all safe from all harm that would come their way, God. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Jesus.
If you have a need, please come this morning and receive as we sing this song. God bless you this morning.
times and bad. Lord, we worship you. You alone are worthy. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Yes, Lord. God, thank you for your protection, for your provision in our lives, for your promises. God, that you never lie. And we trust you. You are faithful. And God, uh, even when we don't understand things, we look to you. We trust in you. We put our hope and our faith in you, Lord. Um, And Lord, I thank you for...